0: Welcome to the In the Clouds podcast. In the Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing focused
1: Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed and podcast hosts, Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers.
0: In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today.
1: I'm Holly Enneking, I'm Vice President of Marketing at Love. Thank you so much for joining us today for this special live episode of our In the Clouds podcast. Uh, Before I hand it off to Bobby and Cole, our wonderful hosts, I do want to remind you guys that we'll be taking some questions during the episode. So if you have any questions, you can submit them via the Q&A that you'll see at the bottom. Um and we'll then be muting and unmuting the questioners when your time comes. So we'll make sure to give you a heads up before you're on deck so that you can ask your questions. Uh, with that, I'll hand it over to Bobby and Cole. Take it away, guys.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Holly. Thanks everybody for jumping on. And you can always ask questions like Holly mentioned uh, as we're going through. You can also reach out to us at in the clouds at lovedigital.com as well. This is our first live podcast.
2: So Cole. Don't screw it up. (laughs) You know, sometimes, Bobby, I'm surprised they did this, like, just, you know, the liability alone has to be enough, Holly, to scare you at least, right?
0: I'm really hoping that, (laughs) you know, like, how a lot
2: of, uh, like, when they do, like, sweepstakes
0: or things like that, uh, like, Berkshire Hathaway had that NCAA tournament. If you pick the perfect bracket, we'll give you, like, $10 million or something like that, and they always have to have – a insurance policy in place in case someone actually wins. I really hope Holly and team put an insurance policy in place for this podcast just in case it goes horribly wrong.
1: Now that my video is off, I'm just crossing my fingers. That's all I'm doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> first of all, yeah, thanks everybody for joining live uh, and those for you listening on demand. I appreciate you taking a listen as well. Uh, as we mentioned, this is our first live podcast. We're really excited to do this, considering the circumstances we're in. Figured this was the, the best time as any to do one. Hopefully, we'll be able to do one in person or go on tour. You know, we're, we're, we're pretty big um, in the uh, family and friends demographic, from what I hear uh, from my <laughs> wife. Uh, we now have 10 reviews, uh, from up from nine. So if you feel so inclined, uh, take a listen and then uh, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. But anyway, what we really wanted to talk about today was finding balance in in the chaos, right? So obviously this is a trying time for all of us as we go through COVID and this uh, worldwide pandemic of how do we uh, adjust to being quarantined um, and staying in place and sheltering and, and just kind of this new normal. And so what we wanted to talk about today was really how do we market in a pandemic? And I'm sure that all of you listening have received dozens, if not hundreds of emails from any place you've ever stayed, any place you ever signed up for email, any place you've made a purchase who um, is letting you know that they care about you and what they're doing in light of COVID and all of that. And so as Nicole and I were getting these emails and these messages, we were like, well, there are a lot of don'ts here. And it doesn't seem like brands are really thinking about this in uh, in the actual sense of getting these emails. I think that a lot of times it, it sounds like a good idea to, to make people aware how we're marketing to them, but we should still treat them as if they're our loyal subscribers or loyal customers. So we're gonna talk through a couple of those kind of main discussion points and some of the research and things that we found. And then uh, as always, we'll have a complete completely unrelated um, at the end as well. Um, but uh, I know that, couple of main things that we'll talk through are having this kind of notion of a crisis management team, um, how how we should be messaging what that content should look like and we'll open it up for some questions as we go through as well so Cole, if you want to start talking us through the, the first point of as we kind of get into this assembling a crisis management team
2: yeah so there's there's kind of this you know guardrails of overarching. Concept to this, so this is the first time we, as marketers, right, have ever been faced with anything like this. Just like individuals, so you know we're we're in the same boat, and I, you know, I'm sure you're the same way. When when you're at home, you're kind of getting stir crazy and thinking, you know, about all the things that that um, you know could be going wrong, are frustrating, uh, all the you know foresight down the road of what we're worrying about, and then I kind of find myself pausing and saying that you know this, there's a certain unification in this solidarity and so like in this solitude that that you know what 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 you're going through as an individual is you're just trying to find like a balance to feel some sort of semblance of normalcy and as marketers we're kind of in the same thing where we're trying to find this balance in this in this chaos and at the same time just because it's you know it feels like panic mode or if you turn on the news it certainly is you know this mass hysteria of of uh, you know abandoning normalcy um there are still these like core concepts of normalcy that we want to keep in place. Um, And those are, you know, general best practices and you know how we would navigate something like this um, or even not like this a a general initiative in our marketing and business world is, you know, if we wanted to dive into something new that we hadn't been before, what would we, the first thing we would do would probably assemble uh, a team to help us navigate this. Right. And so, looking at a crisis management team and that is essentially a center of excellence and so if you've been around especially the salesforce world or salesforce partner ecosystem um, you've you're very familiar with the coe the center of excellence being um, a combination of uh, a variety of people from across the business and especially in marketing that are leading uh, how you're stepping through this how you want consumers to perceive you and what your brand is doing to to navigate through this so Within that, your your messaging, you have to think about, you know, the tone, uh, what's going out, how are you purveying your your, your tone to people, and what is the audience that you're actually going after? Um, So right now, we're seeing a lot of these, you know, and Bobby, you mentioned that, you know, I'm receiving um, Amazon, you know, store emails from somebody I bought tennis shoes from three years ago. Uh, telling me how, how they're handling coronavirus and, uh, you know, little things like that. Is, you know, for, for me as a consumer, it's also told me how many subscription lists I'm a part of that I need to unsub from. So that's been a benefit. But, you know, all, all things considered is we in this panic mode have kind of stepped away from like, oh, how do we, you know, target audiences and go through general best practices and segment versus a batch and blast of all subs. We've known this is not a, a healthy practice, right? It's just batch and blast kind of, you know, spray and pray that, that something's going to land when we don't really have anything that's necessarily valuable to customer. So just because we're in a world that seems to be panicking right now at the time doesn't mean we need to abandon you know our best practices and kind of that customer um, first mentality. And, and to do that, we're putting together a crisis management team. Um, before every communication goes out, there's this gut check moment that there there should be an approval layer where somebody actually steps in and says, you know, Is this making sense? Do we want this to come from, you know, our voice, our tone and are we targeting the right people and what is the value to the end customer here? What are they seeing and what are they, what are they reading from this?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think a, a big point of that too, is if you are using Salesforce marketing cloud, there is a native approvals feature within it that you can leverage. So we highly recommend that you do so now. And that can be one approver. It can be multiple approvers as you're going through that process but as part of that you mentioned the um, all these emails that you're, you've been getting right before we jumped on this podcast i got a email from the ceo of hyatt and it's i'd probably say it's probably a thousand words um and it's it's a it's all of these updates about hyatt's program and how they're going to cancel any kind, or suspend any kind of change fees or anything like that which is awesome right I could not tell you the last time I stayed at the Hyde Hotel. So (laughs) to your point about segmentation versus just sending to everybody, right now is is as important time as ever to continue personalized marketing. So we can tell, and we know that brands have this information, right? So if you have information about your customers, your communication to them for people who have engaged with you, whether that's staying with, with you or buying something or engaging with you on a marketing channel, within the last three months, those people should be uh, engaged with differently or communicated with differently than people who haven't been around at all. So if I'm just a general points member of a certain company versus if I'm a loyal high ranking points member, those communications should be different Um, because to your point, Cole, a lot of this comes off as a little bit tone deaf, especially considering how many different emails and communications we're getting from people and that kind of lends itself to our next topic and discussion point around exploitation which is there's uh there's this this notion of do we keep running business the same as usual do we not even acknowledge the fact that we're going through this pandemic and cole and i were looking at some research earlier this morning of what people want to be talked to about right now from brands. So, do do they want them to be direct and honest? Do they want to just be business only, keep it um, uh, keep it simple, or kind of standard to what they've been doing? And uh, the bulk of people want businesses or want their communications to be direct and honest. Um, but a big portion of that too is we want a little bit of the normalcy, right? We want a little bit of distraction. We want some encouragement and cheering up within that as well so how kind of striking that balance of uh of acknowledging what we're going through being direct and honest but also throwing in some distraction maybe some humor um as well as some uh maybe it's even a price break or something like that but don't be exploitive about it
2: yeah and i'm not really sure i like the term exploitation too because there's i feel like there's a hard line in the sand about this where you know, you don't want to be um, the company that is known for, you know, price gouging right now or taking advantage or cramming, um, you know, broadcast messages down consumers throats who, you know, haven't asked for it. So it's, it's again, it's that it's we haven't been in this situation before, but we still have the tools to navigate through it in, in the same way that we always have. So we still know the best practices. We still know not to, you know, jump down, a, a, you know, the, the consumer's throat this way and, and, You know, blast uh, email after email, and not and and abandon segmentation practices and things like that. Um, But uh, you know, as marketers, we've we've kind of talked for a while now about how we have the most informed audience that we've ever seen before. And so, you know, the world of information at our fingertips, consumers are more intelligent and more informed than they've ever been. What it seems like, kind of in this crisis mode, is is starting to happen is brands are are forgetting that they also have long-term memories and so the, the those brands you see right now um uh price gouging products or um you know pummeling messages uh you know onto a consumer base that is highly captivated right now because they're all sitting at home and probably looking for distractions those brands are, are, are offering kind of a bad taste in the mouth to in, in doing that and so there's a really hard line in the sand when we think about exploiting this in a, in a negative way versus actually taking advantage of it. And I'm not saying take advantage of the situation, but where you can actually um, use the situation for good. And so, you know, being that company that adds some sort of value. So there's a Warren Buffin quote, it says to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So this doesn't mean right now, everybody's afraid and you should just go out and tackle the marketplace, but think of it right now. I mean, yeah, to an extent, CPC uh, cost per click ads, uh, you know, are, are, are going to go down. And so, and we're going to continue to see that decline. So if you have the means, you know, then you, you should probably go out there and, and step that up and, and use that to offer content that is beneficial to your customers, something that actually provides value to them. Um, and if you're a leader right now in, in any sort of industry, like if you have the pockets and the resources to do this, then provide something that's a value that is, more philanthropic in nature. And so if you look at the big four carriers right now, um, uh, for, for mobile, so Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, like the, they're offering unlimited data right now. Uh, they're waiving late fees, uh, for, I think up to 60 or, or, 90 days, depending on the, on some of the carriers. Um, so I mean, like that's, that's a big thing. So Salesforce is doing that, uh, too right now, being a pioneer and kind of, uh, stewarding, you know, customers and other companies through this time of crisis. So, uh, Salesforce, even even the little things, they they said their uh, their product uh, updates right now, they're going to focus on not having substantial product updates that customers need to plan to react to. So retirements and things like that, that would cause panic or cause workload on customers. They're going to freeze those types of updates allegedly for right now and focus on solely business improving updates. Um, Even going so far as to offer free packages So right now health cloud uh, is packaged for free for any healthcare companies uh, that want to, and and it comes with shield as well. And so uh, that's basically their, their security and privacy uh, function. And then, you know, uh, social studio community uh, things like that, that, you know, if you have the capability right now to be like, you know, like one of these companies and help steward through that great. If not, then your exploitation in this regard needs to be, go out there and take advantage of those free tools. Um, if you're as lean and mean right now as a lot of companies are, you need the help, make sure that, the, that you're taking advantage of the resources that you have.
0: Holly, we'll take a pause and kick it over to you. Any questions?
1: Yeah, we've got a couple uh, that we can toss it to. So uh, first up, we've got a question from Evan.
2: Hey, Bobby and Cole. First of all, uh, thank you guys for putting this together. This has been some really good content. My, uh, my question is, what teams or resources should comprise a crisis management team?
0: Yeah, great question. So back to Cole's point around how to we put something like this together. Uh, we typically think about this in kind of four main elements. Um, one, someone in the C-level or who has a strategic view of the business. So this is the, essentially the leadership sponsor or that overarching decision th- authority um, for digital marketing or for digital strategy. Uh, the next would be someone in mid-level management. We kind of think about this as a director level. Um, someone who ha- has the pulse of the company, understands what leadership is trying to do, but also understands the, the challenges of just trying to communicate with our customers or our subscribers. Um, third would be that, that doer, right? That person who has hands on keyboards. This might be a digital marketing manager or email marketing manager based on the channel who's actually responsible for deploying these different types of messages building the content and that sort of thing. And then lastly would be uh, an independent third party. And this goes back to Cole's point earlier of having someone that is a gut check. So for example, with that Hyatt email, I just received this, if someone at Hyatt would have sent that to me and said, what do you think about this message? I would have sent them back and be like, we could cut this down a lot. There's a lot of different content that we could do here. Right? So it's someone who, if you have a third party consultant or even a family member just run it by them and say, hey, here's the content we're thinking about sending to this segment of customers or our entire customer base. What do you think of this content? Does it hit home? Does it hit the right chord for where we are right now? So again, four main folks, a C-level, decision authority, mid-level, like a director level, a task level, um, someone who's actually hands on keyboards, and then an independent third party, if you can grab it.
1: Great question, Evan, thank you. Let's take uh, one more right now. so we also have a question from Kaylee. Hi, uh, <clears throat> thanks Bobby and Cole and Holly. I wanted to ask what's the line of being exploitive um, versus providing a specific offer?
2: Yeah, thanks, thanks Kelly. Um, so I think this is, I mean it's for marketers, it should be relatively easy to identify. I think it kind of comes down if I have to boil it down to the most, simple aspect of it it's who's benefiting more here the marketer the brand or the end consumer and so it's you'll know you'll know it when you see it here because if if it's something that is more beneficial to the marketer you know for for example open rates click rates things like that if it feels you know clickbaity or something like that where i'm just plastering covid in the subject line so i can get people to open my uh emails then what end value am I really providing to the customer, and I think that kind of harkens up the the next point of you know as we abide by this guardrail of using our normal best practices, as we go about this and, and navigate um, through this time with those general concepts the, those that core functionality of customer centric lens um, are we making sure that that whatever we're sending out is really benefiting them? So Bobby brought up the point of, of a hotel that's, you know, he hasn't been at in the last three years. Um, is that really benefiting Bobby as a customer to, to hear this and to understand um, how a specific hotel chain is, is managing this and what their CEO thinks of the, all the, you know, solidarity mope and, you know, and how we're getting through this. And um, is that really benefiting him or is that just noise? And, and right now and Bobby and I were, uh, geeking out um, earlier on some studies that we've seen. Um, and one of the things is what email updates uh, or, or, or communications from companies actually look like. And so it actually turns out right now, and of, of course, just like any you know, COVID stats, more and more is, is developing. And so we probably know very little at this point. But it shows that that we're actually doing more harm than good when we're sending out just these generic updates, which at first, before maybe a lot of us understood the gravity of this situation, these were valuable messages. understanding what COVID was, how it will impact companies, you know the fact that we're looking at more than two and a half trillion dollars worth of damage you know to the economy, that's all something that, that we probably needed to weigh in to understand the gravity of this at first. But now that we're weeks into this, sending out more and more of these uh, is not only A, getting lost in the noise, B, wasting the resources of the company, um, but C, most importantly, it's negatively impacting the customers. And so they're actually, you know, more than 50% of customers are saying that this is actually close to two thirds actually are saying that this is actually giving them a damaged perception of the brand and that they're, you know, these are off putting emails that they're actually or, or messages that they're actually receiving. So, I, I think that really kind of pulls in the, the core element of this just being that we're being, we need to be customer centric. If it benefits the customer, if it adds value, that's how you know where that line in the sand is.
0: And I think that plays right into the next discussion topic of being customer centric. And I think that some of the other things that based on talking to to companies as well as just talking to, to friends and family, what Cole and I have realized is that a lot of times um, people just want to to feel as though we're in this together. So the communications coming from a brand need to feel like we are um, we are in this together. We're fielding this um, un, unbelievable territory that we're we're going into, and so a lot of times um, people take exception to certain types of sales or things like that that Cole has mentioned, but also depending on what kind of service or offering you provide, it can be a huge benefit. So for example, if it's a homeschool type of material or brand, or if it's online music or online workouts, something along those lines where you can directly benefit someone by offering them a free trial or a free service that will immediately benefit them, that's gonna come in in a, in a way to Cole's point that makes someone think about the brand very uh, positively versus it doesn't really matter to me right now that Best Buy is offering 20% off of their TVs as an example. So it's, it's just making sure we strike that right balance with the customer and make sure we're meeting them where they, where they are at this point in time. And I think that's another area too where our, our next topic, talk, talking point is all around innovation and diversification. And the big element here is how can we figure out creative or alternative ways to serve our customers? So if I am an electronics company, for example, what am I, what am I doing differently now, considering where we've come and where we currently are? Um, so how do we go from you know manufacturing one type of product to manufacturing like visors, masks, and gowns? And we've seen some companies do that one, Apparel company that I buy a lot from, Buck Mason, has done this where they're turning their entire manufacturing into um, face masks for uh, medical people on the front lines. Um, But also another good example of this too is Uber. So really bulking up their um, recruiting for drivers for food delivery right now. Um, I also just got a notification from DoorDash that they're now offering contactless Uh, food delivery. So a lot of these people are doing that, but how can you and your brand stretch yourselves to figure out another way um, to kind of build this out?
2: Yeah, I think, and, and, uh, you know, I'm the perpetual optimist. So I try to always think about like, what are the positives that are going to come out of this? And I think this is, you know, certainly we all know this has just been game changing in general, mostly for for the negative from what we can see now, but coming out of this, as we think towards the future of what that actually looks like, we're going to see. I mean, companies that that are going to really adapt and roll into really the next digital age. We thought we were already in the digital age. This has forced it upon us, and so now everyone has to be in the digital age right now. And so, you know, companies like like you mentioned, how how Uber is is you know actually doing fantastically, uh, despite you, what what you would think their core business model is, um, and that's you know being in close proximity with another person driving them around. So, um, there there are ways to you know bootstrap our resources to um, shift our, you know, allocated funds and energy to, um, you know, other outlets. Um, but but as well, I think we need to keep in mind all of the pain points and what that sort of end innovation is. And so if you're, if you're, especially if you have to cancel, I feel sorry for you, if you have to cancel, you know, hotel reservations or airline tickets right now, because you know, good luck. Um, but, but their service agents right now are just so slammed that it's a huge bottleneck. And so what are companies doing to, you know, create, um, accessible web pages, um, you know, social service, customer care, um, web, you know, websites and touch points across all channels that are allowing customers to reach out and resolve their needs without actually having to have that, um, you know, one to one interaction with a call service agent. And so there's going to be all sorts of innovations. And so as marketers, we kind of need to to think your, your job as a marketer now is basically You're being asked to do more than you signed up for uh, initially. And so your job now is, is, you know, how do I get the message out there to alleviate some of the strain from the service teams and how do I get um messages out to customers to let them know what philanthropic you know goods we're we're doing for the world right now or or how the community may be uh impacted right now these were things that we weren't planning for none of us were planning for this right but these are some of the innovations and and um business and marketing diversification that we're going to have to go through if we're going to get through this well
0: take a quick pause holly any other questions (laughs)
1: <laughs> it looks like we've got two more questions for you guys. Uh, first, I want to take a question from Justin.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks again. Uh, this has been really informative. Uh, what brand or company has done a really nice job or is a big winner right now?
0: Uh, well, Cole made the joke on a call last week uh, that uh, if, he had, uh, if he had stock in Zoom, that he wouldn't be on the call right now. Uh, so <laughs> I would say Zoom or any virtual conferencing software is doing pretty well. But uh, I, I think the one that uh, Cole mentioned it earlier, all the telecommunications companies, I'm a Verizon customer. They've extended unlimited data and have waived fees for late payments for 60 days, which I thought was really great. Uh, the other one that I'm, I've been a big fan of and, and really for different reasons altogether is Fanatics. I have always periodically gotten emails from them. I'm not a huge Fanatics customer, but I had some time on Saturday and I was just scrolling through my emails and I clicked on their email because they were offering 60% off certain items on their site. So I took a look and then I could tell that I was immediately put down an engagement based and personalized journey. So I got an email the next day um, asking if I wanted to follow on with the items that I was looking at uh, spoiler, they were old school Anaheim ducks, uh, mighty ducks jerseys. Um, and then, so they would just continue to go, go down, um, the, that role or that, uh, that journey. So I continue to get really good, relevant communications from them, nothing related to the pandemic at all. And so just as a consumer, I really appreciated that as I had some more time and was able to look at their email and then move on for, move on from there and continue to get some really relevant content. But Cole, what about you?
2: Yeah, uh well I, I guess while you bring up Fanatics right now, um not to pump their tires a little bit, but I I I've, I've been a Fanatics fan for a while. I got to work uh, really closely with them at Salesforce. Uh and they were having a ton of success. I think they were uh you know one of the keynotes at uh Connections and, uh, the conference that Salesforce puts on. And, and they're they're fantastic people to work with. They're they're really sharp and actually I think one of the reasons I love this topic in general, the the subject of like who's doing really well or where, where are we seeing like the positive messages? Because it's a lot more uplifting. And it actually it turns out you know, these, in some of these same studies that we were talking about, Bobby, that um, the, the number one messages that customers are appreciating right now is who's positively impacting the, the, the community. What are we doing for the better? And what are the philanthropic um, needs being addressed? And so even Fanatics right now, I saw that they're taking some of their Jersey material and creating uh, you know, surgical masks. And so you can have a a New York Yankees style surgical mask. It's not like a marketing thing. You just tell it's the fabric from jerseys. Um, And so it's, you know, one of the ways they've stepped up, but they're a really fun team to work with and and doing a lot of cool innovation ways. And it's, it's it's nice, like you said, to have that breath of fresh air um, when, when companies are, are, you know, treating you like just the, you know, the typical consumer. And it's almost kind of a, a blood pressure drop back down to normalcy, uh, even even if it's just a temporary reprieve. But um, I, I think as well, there's um, a, a number of companies that are, you know, Zoom. I thought was just just fantastic, of, of course. So you're seeing entire, you know, universities, uh, global corporations that are adopting uh, a virtual conferencing software um, that that has not crashed, has not had infrastructure issues, has has had the scalability to adapt to all this change. This was well plotted out. So if you're at Zoom or if you own stock in Zoom, congratulations. Um, but I think another, a, a couple of other ones are the ones that I feel like uh, I, I get the most uplift from are some of those brands that are working in the community either to, um, I, I saw a, a pizza store in New York that offered up free pizzas for all uh, healthcare workers and were, were uh, delivering, doing their you know social distance delivering um to hospitals and things like that and then i saw on top of that this sort of you know you see this chain reaction story where the building that they're in uh began offering that pizza uh store uh free rent uh, in the building so you know it's just kind of this uh positivity begets positivity uh, and so and but there's also i, I saw i saw um uh those the cheesy infomercials my pillow uh, now or something like that uh the, the my pillow guy um has they've turned 75% of their manufacturing into going into just um, surgical masks? They're making 50,000 a day, um, and so these are these are philanthropic needs that are not for profit. But what we're seeing is that that brand perception, I think, in the long run, is going to show up um, a, a lot more impact, even to the bottom line, than we can understand right now. So I, I think that's really neat to see those types of winners. I think there was
1: one more question from Nick. Yeah, got
0: one more question from Nick. Hey, guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) 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 Um, So as marketers, we're kind of seen as, you know, front-end of all customer experience. And so when we think about, like, balancing, like, optimization strategies, as you guys have kind of talked about, with, with remaining budget versus cost cutting metrics. Uh, what are you guys seeing like co- companies doing during this time when it comes to data-driven insights? So we have all this segmentation, we have all this data analytics. How do we make sure as marketers that we're using those data insights and not slowing down the process, but dealing with budgets being cut or, or budgets even being freezed? It's a good question. I, I don't know a, a, a direct answer to it because I, I think it's really hard. I'm sure it's it's company to company based on you know the cash reserves that you have um, and the financial health of your company. I would kind of take it a different way of looking at it at a, at a personal lens. So, you know, uh, like most people, I have a budget each month and I can see like what I can spend for whatever that might look like. And right now, as I'm sure a lot of companies are doing, is you know you kind of balance what what do I really need to spend my budget on versus what should I save back just because we're not really sure how long this will last. And so, like the necessities or the 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 nice to haves, um, the necessities are obviously still in play. And so, if we think about if I've got at a, a marketing organization, I've got an X amount of dollars for my CPC budget um, or for my lookalike audiences budget. Um, there you may may look at that budget and sit and kind of see it as a nice to have based on the business that you're in you may actually increase it based on what cole was mentioning earlier we may think that well because of the cost of that going down if we already have that in budget let's just go ahead and utilize it and see how it performs for us Um, but at the same time some of the nice to haves like maybe there's a third party um, consultant or there's someone else that Uh, or some other element or part of the budget that we need to cut back on. I, I would say in that scenario, the one thing to keep in mind is that we will come out of this at some point. I think the really hard part for all of us, not only personally, financially, but also as a business is we just don't know when. Is it a month? Is it six months? Is it 12 months? We really just don't know. So I think it's really company to company um, I don't have a, a great direct answer for you, Nick, but I think the way I'm approaching it personally, and I think businesses could take um, could take a similar approach of, what are my nice to haves, um, and are there areas where I could cut back without affecting, and personally, my life too much, or professionally, you know, revenue or growth or whatever
2: that might look like. Cole, I'm not sure if you have any other perspective there. Yeah, I think that kind of gets back to that that other guardrail of like how we're finding balance in this chaos. And so you mentioned, you know, the correlation between how we do this personally, and then how we do it as marketers and as a business. Um, and there's certainly a balance, it's not going to be the same thing for everyone, one person, it's not gonna be the same thing for everyone in business. Uh, it's small to medium businesses right now, they're, you know, they're going to be pretty strapped on, you know, do we weather this out and try to keep up, you know, marginal operations? Do we Go under some sort of a freeze, um, as as devastating as that sounds, um, versus bigger uh, corporations who you know have an allocated budget and need to determine: do we spend that in the same way? What do we reassess? Um, I think, yeah, but Bobby, you bring up a good point of of it's going to be different for every different type of um, business and every different type of marketing team. Uh, I, I think what it comes down to uh, is is just where are we finding that balance, and so yeah, if we have a certain budget, is it best to move forward with it as it was? Should we reallocate this? Should we prepare for, you know, the downstream implications of of when we're going to actually need that budget because something else has gone wrong? So yeah, there's really not a one size fit all solution for that.
0: And that brings us to our last discussion topic about an exit strategy of, we'd mentioned it earlier, we don't know when this will potentially end. But we know that it will end at some point. And how do we make that transition from marketing in a pandemic to post-pandemic planning and getting back to business as usual? And utilizing that center of excellence or that steering committee that Cole had mentioned earlier is really going to be key in this post-pandemic planning. But I think there are a couple of key things that I've learned as a marketer and someone who has been in this space for a while is that. There is a huge lack of data and information that companies have on us. And some of that might absolutely be by choice where we are not filling out certain pieces of information or preference centers, whatever it might be. But I also think it's a lack of integration on company side, working with a lot of these companies day in and day out. And so I think one big learning that I would take away from this and some of the customers and prospects we talked to is make sure that your data and your customer data is integrated. Try to have a single view of what that person looks like. A single mom right now should be marketed and, um, uh, and communicated with much differently than a single guy. So um, it's, it's very important that we take the information that we have and stitch it together to make sure our communication is relevant. We've been talking about personalization marketing in this industry for, I feel like, a dozen years now. And there are still some companies from my purview that I'm getting um, communication from that are still behind in that. Um, And I think that just overall kind of sum up what we talked about is, is making sure that your tone is respectful, not only now, but afterwards. Um, And then make sure that everything that you're learning as part of what what we're going through right now sticks with you. I think that not only personally, but professionally, we need to keep these things in mind. Our CEO, Michael Burton, uh, had a town hall and an office hour on Wednesday, and he made a really good point of, as we're all going through this, we're all going through challenges that we've never had before. Parents are homeschooling that they've never had to do before. There, People are working from home who have never worked from home before. And he made a really good point to say, if you need to take a step back, if you need an afternoon off, if you need some mental health time, take it. You know, um, and that's not only personally, but it's also at a, a corporate level as well, right? I kind of think about the eight hundred flowers of the world who send people four emails every single day of, but we are selling this two dozen roses for nineteen ninety nine. There's a lot that we can learn and make sure that we take with us after the pandemic as well.
2: Yeah, for I sure. And that, I think that, that so one of the things that I, I think is really important to keep in mind is that when we come out of this, I, I think there's going to be a lot of like, let's return immediately to normal. Let's, you know, brand voice back into the original tone it was in, and things like like this, where we we have to kind of keep in mind that we're really walking out of, or hopefully at some point we'll be walking out of a global crisis that has left you know countless people uh, you know impacted, jobless, um, even worse you know dead. That that whatever tone you're putting forward as a brand. Make sure that that it's respectful of of what has happened here. So we're not just moving forward with our learnings and these new innovations and diversifications. And you know, your business will probably never be the same. Um, hope hopefully those learnings and, and innovations are are for the better. But at the same time, there are those that that have lost a lot, and that you know that that tone needs to be respectful of that. Um, right now, I think the the going stat is there's you know, 10 to 12% of people that actually know somebody with the virus and, you know, even a fraction of that, that actually know people um, that have passed away. And so whatever tone you're bringing to the table, once we exit from this, this should not be a, uh, you know, a a fireworks celebratory type of tone. Yay, we're out of it. I think a lot of people probably react that way, but I think as brands, you need to be sensitive to what customers uh, and people are going through.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good way of, of summing it up is as we're going through this, as you're going through this as a brand or as a marketer or even as a technologist, just just be conscious of what, what content and what you're communicating to your subscribers and customers because it's not only going to be impactful to them um, right now, but they're going to remember it to Cole's point earlier of that view of a brand during this time will carry over after this is over as well. So I uh, hope that uh, that was helpful in kind of understanding how to market in a pandemic, not only what to do now and as we're going through this, but also what to do afterwards as well. Moving on to completely unrelated, the most creative thing um, that you've done to deal with the quarantine. So
2: Cole, I'll let you start. Um, well, I've, I, first off, I've been uber productive. When I can't get out of my house, I get so much done. Um, so I, I, but, but a lot of, uh, I've put a lot of emphasis on, uh, you know, just kind of the same theme of like general balance. And, you know, normally when I get, uh, you know, a very, uh, active lifestyle of, you know, going out and getting exercise and, and, uh, being able to work out, play sports or, or, you know, socialize things like that. Now that that's all essentially been zapped, I've, I've found myself. I'll try to go through like home circuits of workouts and things like that. bench pressing the couch, who knows, you know, whatever, whatever I could do to, you know, to, to stay active. But um, I think as well, um, you know, in terms of immune system, so like this is actually uh, uh, well validated in a lot of um, studies, but in terms of like immune system, especially aging, brain health, uh, the number one impactor, uh, more, more so than physical health, um, nutritional health, things like that is actual uh, social interactivity. And so I've been, you know, making sure to, uh, this is one of those innovations, you know, thanks to Zoom and a lot of uh, apps and, you know, FaceTime and things like that, uh, to, to set aside time for, you know, virtual happy hours, uh, going through a list of uh, old friends you haven't talked to in a while. Um, and so they say that's actually, uh, in terms of impactors for uh, psychological and brain health, that's the number one influencer. So. I think for me, well, you just always have like these, like
0: these things that like make me feel awful as a person because you're like, oh, uh, here are these studies and this productivity and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you, let me tell you what I've been doing and what I would recommend.
1: Tiger King on Netflix,
0: Ozark on Netflix. Um, if you're a basketball fan, uh, Bill Simmons and uh, BS Podcasts or the Book of Basketball Podcasts have been redrafting the 90s drafts. So it's, it's, it's unbelievable to go back to like the 96 draft where you had Kobe and Iverson and Ray Allen, like all of these different people and they're redrafting those. Um, so I have done nothing productive uh, like has <laughs> where uh, in, in doing that, um, but I found a lot of great content. So I've also found a lot of bad content. So if we want to have a whole other podcast about
2: what not to watch or what not to listen to, we could probably do that too. <laughs> I did listen to the podcast on uh, the Karate Kid movie review. Um, what is that? The mm-hmm. rewatchables podcast. Oh yeah, I got, got, got it's yeah. a great podcast. Yeah, super entertaining. A ton
0: of different movies that they've done. Yeah, I've also tried to catch up on um, uh, on on movies or uh, um, older movies as well. Uh, like uh, I watched Outbreak. Um, that was kind of uh, poignant to the time. Um, As well as we just watched Contagion the other night, Um, Outbreak, really good, Um, and then uh, um, Contagion, okay, and then yeah, just trying to catch up with um, with movies and that sort of thing, but Cole, you're much more productive than I am, so... But anyway, well, thanks everybody for listening. As always, you can reach out to us for questions or topics at in the clouds at leftdigital.com. Stay safe and healthy, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks, everyone.